This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. Today, I am speaking with Heather Yeomans, who apparently her name is Dutch, although I might have thought it was something else, that is starring on I Can See Your Voice, the brand new Fox series hosted by Ken Jung. Heather, how are you today? I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I would be remiss not to ask this. Okay. So this is a competition show where they try to figure out if you can or can't sing by looking at you. Exactly. There has to be a moment in your head, at least this would be me, to be on the show and be offended if all, let's say all five judges sat there and said, no, 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 she can't sing, and then you blow them all away. Like the competition aspect is, haha, I fooled you, but like the personal aspect would be like, really, you thought I, I, it was somebody else? You know, for me, because they did that to me in my episode, they didn't think I could sing at all. But you know, what made it better was them thinking that I was just a really great dancer because I've always been a better singer than a dancer, honestly. So it was a huge compliment. And then when I got to sing from the looks on their faces, it was ridiculous. Like it, it took everything in my being just to hold it together. Yeah, and you didn't sit there and get to Kev give Ken the finger or anything like, you thought I couldn't sing? Well, you know, Ken Ken stays completely neutral during the show. He's pretty neutral. He lets the celebrity detectives and the contestant kind of like hash it out, and he's there just keeping everything moving. Uh, but I have to say this about Ken. He is the coolest guy. He created the most positive and welcoming and warm environment for everybody that was on that show. So I'm just so thankful for him. I'm thankful for the opportunity, even though there was a moment where um, everybody was saying that I couldn't sing. And that was really weird. And it was weird for the people that watch the show that know me because they were like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Like she can sing. Um, but for me, I don't think I even realized this until I did this show is that my voice does not match my body at all. Why do you say like, that? I have a very, I have a very, um, like if you just look at me, a lot of, when I speak just in general, people say I have a, like a lower husky voice and that's not what my appearance gives off. And my, my, um, singing is a lot like that too. I love artists like, like Haim. I love Danielle Haim's voice. I love Cheryl Crow. Just, I love Ann Wilson from Heart, just like bigger female voices. And when people just look at me, and this was true on the show too, they didn't think that that was me right. because of that. Bear with me one second. We're having somebody join us. Kylie, how are you? All right. Hi, how are you guys? We're great. Hey, we're, good. We're rolling on through, so we're giving you a shout out for setting this up. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Kylie. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned your voice doesn't sound, doesn't match your frame or your build. Um, but we could say the same thing about Mike Tyson. If you go back to when he was world heavyweight champion and one of the youngest at the time, if you heard Mike talk and never saw him, you would have never said this guy's beating everybody to a bloody pulp. So, you know, you being, that's what, the five, fun three, part. Five, four, yeah. 
I'm five four. Yeah, that's the fun part, though, especially with this show, is people will shock you when you least expect it. Um, one of my favorite things to do this week and and every week is to watch this really great vocal coach, Natalie Weiss, react to each episode of I Can See Your Voice because she's like this badass singer, really awesome vocal coach. And she's even getting guesses wrong and her mind is just blown. So it's like there, there really is no like secret, I would say to guessing because just when you think you have it right, they throw in the game makers, <laughs> they throw in a, a crazy curveball, and you're like, I don't know anything anymore. And that's really what happened on my episode, which was episode four, just because there were so many good singers in it. And we were all eliminated pretty much in a row. It was just throwing people way off. Uh, now, do they keep you guys separated back, backstage so nobody sees the other contestants? That way nothing slips like, oh, Stacy really can't sing, but she looks like she could versus Heather who really can sing, but everyone's guessing she can't. And like, you know, so you guys don't don't break each other's secrets. Yeah. So they make sure that we don't know anybody on the episode with us, obviously. And then we each had our own dressing rooms in the back. So we kind of stayed isolated and um, didn't get to talk to each other at all. Um, the only time that we were together was, of course, we did that lip sync challenge in groups of three. So we, we saw each other then, but I didn't talk to anybody or hear their speaking voice until after we finished the shooting that day. And then I got to meet some people, which was really exciting because we all ran up to each other and we're like, I didn't know you could sing like that. You totally shocked me. And that pretty much like all the other singers on the show said that to me. They're like, oh, I just thought you were a dancer. Um, but honestly, the night on my episode, he was the first person to get eliminated. His voice shocked me so much because when, when, when the eliminations happen, all the other contestants or, um, secret voices that are still like in the game, like they, they just have to stand up there behind that person and you have to keep a straight face the entire time. And it was so hard for me because he was so good. And I, I actually didn't think that he was a singer in the beginning. Cause I'm like, I'm doing the guessing game myself too, as I'm like in the episode, as I'm in the game. <laughs> I dig it. See, that makes it fun for you, too. Um, yeah. According to Forbes, you're not giving up your day job, which should make everybody, including <laughs> Forbes, thrilled that, like, finally, somebody that understands multiple streams of income. You know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what was the catalyst for you to sit there and go, no, I'm keeping my other job, but I'm still a singer-songwriter and performer? Oh, wow. That's a heavy question. Um, wow. That's, that's like maybe the hardest question anybody's ever asked me. Um, it was a process. It was a journey. I've been performing professionally since I was 10 years old. I started in musical theater and then I got into contemporary music. Um, got really into songwriting, still am. I play bass. I tap. I've been dancing since I was a little girl. Um, it's, I think I had a moment. Like I never stopped performing, but I definitely had moments along the way of reassurance where it was like, I can't live without this and I need to make it work. And the thing about what I do during the day, um, I'm a publicist for Fender, which I love Fender so much. I'm like the biggest fangirl. <laughs> so I, I play bass and like 
Leo Fender basically invented the modern day electric bass. Um, I get to really like use the, my intellectual side when I'm at work and I work at a business. Um, it's a nice little break because like being a performer is absolutely exhausting, like physically and mentally. And sometimes you just need a moment to step away, even if it's for a day or like part of the day or say if I'm like, I just need a week and I'm just going to work and and do my job and then like come back and then sing next week. Sometimes that helps me because I think what a lot of people see on social media and, and just on the internet are the high points of somebody's career, right? Like you don't typically see the low points and the low points are like all over the place. And for me, it's like, I'm 28 now. So like I've been in this business for 18 years as a performer. And um, I can't say that every single moment was incredible. Like there were a lot of really hard moments And what I've been saying to people as they've been congratulating me about the episode is the woman that you saw singing and dancing up there was standing on top of all of her failures because failure is real in this business. And it's like, if you can't learn to fail, if you can't learn from mistakes, you're not going to make it. And honestly, like people ask me, they're like, Oh, like, what is like making it for you? And for me, it's like doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been just because I'm getting to, even though I can't be on a stage necessarily right now, um, I'm like being so creative at home. I'm like producing my own covers and I'm writing more original music and working on that. And I'm integrating all my tap dancing like into that music And during quarantine, like at the very beginning, I learned how to record my own taps and that sound. So that was like a big moment for me because as a singer, I think we get a reputation for being a little like technically, technically challenged because um, we're not like a guitar player where you have to know like all this gear. It's like we just like walk up and we sing into a microphone and we know which microphones we like. But like having to engineer my own stuff and produce it. Um, has really, I think, made me a better musician during quarantine. And it's, it's just so crazy how quarantine at first I was so depressed. And then like it pushed me in this like direction I wasn't even expecting. And I've learned so much just on my own at home. Um, I'm not going to lie and say I don't miss the stage because I grew up on the stage, like quite literally. Um, but I know that it's, it's going to come back one day and I'm going to be there for it. And in the meantime, I'm just going to follow this path and continue learning all these new things that I never had time to do before. Right. Well, I'm going to tease you a little bit because you said that girl uh, that they saw on Fox television was, uh, you know, standing on all her failures and just to name a couple of failures that you've worked with, uh, Jimmy Page, Nile Rogers, Brian <laughs> Morgan, you know, you're a funny guy. You're a real, you're a really funny guy. Yeah. So Fender yeah. is the, the coolest job, um, I could ever ask for. It was Fender was literally on my list of dream companies. And I joined the company back in 2016 when they moved to Hollywood. And I never thought I was going to get to work for Fender because they were headquartered in Arizona and I didn't want to move to Arizona because I'm balancing a performing career with you know, a regular business job. Um, and so they came and I've been able to work with Jimmy Page and Brian Wilson. And most recently I worked with Niall Rogers, which was incredible because he is the nicest human being you will 
ever meet and he's so talented and he is a literal genius. I cannot stress that enough. He's brilliant. I mean, outside of music, I don't think Niles gets the credit that he deserves. Yeah. And that like, they're like, oh yeah, that's the guy from Chic, that disco band in the seventies, not realizing and that he plays like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But not realizing yeah. like the guy has written songs for everybody across the board and plays like 750 different instruments on top of it. Yeah. He is brilliant. And he's, he's just been so behind the scenes in a lot of things. Um, I don't think people even realize everything that he's worked on. It's his body of work is just incredible. And to be somebody who's so nice and that has so much like humility and conversations and is loving to everybody is it's, it's refreshing. It's so refreshing. Right. And who did you fangirl out the hardest for? Cause for me reading the list, it would have been Brian Wilson. I love the beach boys. Oh, it was Brian Wilson for sure. Cause what, what I did with Brian is we did a video with him at Fender and I used to be a journalist before I was in PR. Um, and I covered entertainment and I actually covered the Beach Boys, ironically enough. So, um, people at Fender knew that and they called me in to do a 10 minute interview with him, which was incredible and um we talked a lot about songwriting we talked about some of my favorite songs that they have and then he played california girls and um i'm trying to remember the other songs just like more like pet sound stuff um and it was like him on piano and singing and telling me about his songwriting process he's like it's chords melody lyrics and i'm like well that's not my process it's because i'm a singer i always start with the melody the melody, you, it's usually melody, chords, lyrics, and sometimes they can flip around a little bit, but, um, he is such a sweetheart. There is, Brian is such a, such a good soul. Like you can tell, you know, when you talk to somebody for, for 10 minutes and it's, it's more about like the vibe you get and like the look in their eyes and how they like react to you. You get a sense of what kind of person they are if they're, you know, good or bad. And he's, he's a really sweet guy and a genius too. Yeah. We can't, we can't forget the genius part right there. He is a genius. 100%. I have to ask you this with working with Fender and you said that was a dream come true and you being a bassist, anytime something comes off the line or a redesign of a, of a classic guitar or something new that's coming out, do they let you tinker with it a little bit since you're on the PR side and you play? Sometimes people will come up to me and ask me about a bass. They'll be like, oh, what do you think about this? And and that's very common at Fender. If if somebody on the product development team knows that there's a certain player um, within the company, they'll, they'll ask their opinion. Um, for me, they've asked me about Mustang basses before. I love Mustang basses. Um, I got to try out this... Um, Squire mini P bass. It's so small and cute. Um, I really loved it actually. Um, but you know, my favorite Fender bass is actually the jazz bass. Um, and it's the biggest one. And so it is a little problematic when I want to play that live, um, because it's like bigger than me. Um, but yeah, Fender's great that, you know, what makes the company great is all of the musicians that are in it, you know? Right. And of course, all you petite people have to have the biggest thing. The, the giant Always. acoustic bass. I'm sure you drive a suburban on top of it, possibly lifted, you know, cause my friend's mom is like five one and she's had suburbans for like the last 30 years. 
So <laughs> I do have, I do have a Fender acoustic bass. It's a tea bucket and it's like, it's like I can barely get my arm over it. So you have someone plucking it for you in concert at times? Um, that would be really great. Sometimes I, sometimes I just want to sing and I don't want to play bass and sing because it's, it's a lot to think about at one time. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's easier for sure to play guitar and sing or play piano and sing, um, than it is to play bass and sing. I am a big fan of Sting and on the show, my fun fact when they introduced me as the tap dancer was that I had opened um, a UNICEF benefit concert and he was the headliner. That's 100% true. So any of the um, secret voices that are singers, their facts are true about them. And what I didn't get to really say on the show that much, just because everything goes so fast, is that Sting is actually the the person that inspired me to play bass. So when I met him, I was 13. Um, I remember just watching him perform and my jaw was dropped. It was, I, I still remember that moment. It's like, we take, we take these little like pictures, mental pictures or videos in our mind. And those really important moments just like stay there. I still remember it. And that's when I knew I had to play bass and sing. I knew it. And I, and I wanted to be an even better singer after watching him because I mean, he has lungs. He can sing so well. And I, I love listening to, his interviews where he talks about his method to playing and singing. Um, Cause playing bass and singing, it's like, it's like doing two completely different um, skills at once and they can kind of conflict. And he, he practices in a very methodical way. It's like very visual where he like puts stuff up on a wall. Um, so he can see where the, the vocal melody notes align with the bass notes um, which is kind of what I do in my head automatically. So I thought that was really interesting that that's how he pulls it all together. Well, I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that willingly went into bass. Like I remember hearing stories from Michael Anthony <laughs> Van Halen and he said, you know, joining the band with Eddie. And of course, unfortunately we lost Eddie Van Halen recently, but watching know, him play. So sad. Yeah. And he goes, well, I guess I'm taking the two, you know, two top strings off the guitar and, and becoming a bassist. <laughs> And you sat there and you're like, oh no, I saw Sting play in that, and that's the route you went. So that that's quite yeah. impressive that you willingly chose the bass instead of reluctantly were forced into it. Yeah, I chose it. And you know, when when I was in middle school, I really wanted to learn how to play the drums because my dad is a drummer. He's not a professional, but he's a hardcore hobbyist. And I wanted to be like him. <laughs> and and I was tapping already at that point. So I, I knew that I loved tap dance. I knew I had a sense of rhythm and I wanted to be able to, to transfer that over to drums. But my parents made me pick. They said, you can either do theater. And at the time I was doing theater professionally. And so I, I was doing eight shows a week and going to regular school. It was nuts. Um, I got to miss PE though. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, but they made me pick and I, I, I didn't go after the drums at that point, but bass was like a really, happy medium but you know more and more I just want to go buy a drum set I was talking to my husband the other day I'm like you know we should buy a drum set I really want to learn because um, living in LA I've just met so many incredible drummers that also teach and I'm just eager, eager to learn something new that's really what's been getting me through this entire quarantine is like challenging myself with like new skills 
What would be absolutely hilarious is if your husband loves a quiet house and he's a complete introvert. And here you are, your dad's a drummer, you're a bassist, a tap dancer on top of it, you know, and a performer. <laughs> and he just sits there and goes, I just want to read a book in the corner. He is actually a professional guitar player, so he is loud. He's very loud all the time. Um, he also plays banjo, which is even more loud. He is, however, an introvert, though, oddly enough, for somebody who's in such an extroverted career. Um, but I think he wants to learn, too. Like, if we were to get a drum set, we would learn together. That'd be fun. You can get two yeah. sets and then just uh, duel it out. I know that that would be crazy. We're both very competitive. <laughs> See, that's got to be fun when you're both competitive in that regard. Yeah, well, you know, we keep each other in check, right? So we gig together and we are brutally honest at the end of each gig, but we, we try to acknowledge the other person and maybe something that they did really great on the gig. Um, but I know if I need somebody to be 100% honest with me about a performance that I did, I know that I can trust him to do that because he's always pushing to make me better and I'm doing the same thing. Um, so like when he plays guitar with other singers, they're like, Oh my God, I love singing with you. And it's because he's married to me and I'm a vocalist. And, and it's really been this like journey of him just honing the skills of, of accompanying a singer, which is a very specific skill set as a guitar player. Um, but when you can do it well, like singers love you. Um, and then the other way around, I'm more aware of the band that's around me and, and I'm a instrumentalist to myself. But when I go to a gig, when I'm playing with a full band, um, I've just learned to communicate a lot better. And a lot of that is because of him. I dig it. That makes sense. And, you know, the the fact that it's a musical house. Yeah, it's there's always music. Sometimes we just have to, like, take a step away from the music. We'll be looking through Netflix and he's like, I want to watch this music documentary. And I've been doing Fender stuff all day. I've been singing. Um, I've been tapping and I'm like, oh, just like no music documentaries, please. Just give me anything. Give me like an action movie. Right. You're like, give me a silent movie. I don't want to hear anything right now. Yeah, just just no. Sometimes we do that too. Like, let's play the silent game. Like, no noise. Just clear our heads for a second. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we can't avoid the silent game because we got to talk about your, your new single, Shine. I, <laughs> does your husband play on the song? He actually doesn't play on that song ironically enough. So it was produced by this guy, Dan Saden, who's um, LA area based and he plays guitar really well. So it was like a natural fit for him to play on it. And he did a great job. Um, also one of my favorite bass players, Sean Hurley plays on that song. Sean toured with John Mayer for years. Um, he's like a first rate um, player. He's incredible. And he's also affiliated with Fender and plays a lot of Fender basses, which I love. Um, I just love that sound. Um, yeah, Shine. Shine was the most pleasant and beautiful surprise of 2020 for me. Um, it wasn't a song I wrote during the pandemic. It was written in 2019 and it kind of evolved into this, um, anthem for I mean, all people, but mainly women, um, and embracing who they really are and, and embracing like all the things that make them beautiful that are on the outside. You know, since we're talking about, I can see your voice. This is more about the inner, the inner beauty, not judging the, the book by its cover concept. And, you know, it's the comments that I've received from this song have really just touched me so much. 
Um, there's a woman who wrote me on Facebook and she said, you know, as a kid, I was really bullied and, you know, look at me now, like this song, she's like, I needed this song then. And so I just, it gives me so much hope that I'm able to put this song out, out into the world and just spread some happiness right now, because that's what we need. That's what we're going to need more of to get through the road ahead. Um, and I'm just glad that I could make people smile, you know, each day. So every time I see new people streaming, new people commenting, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, hopefully they smiled today and that made their day, but it was written as a love letter to my younger self. Um, I, I don't know. I felt kind of, when I was growing up, I, I went to public school, but I was also performing. Um, I never felt like I really had like my own tribe, you know, in school, I just, I was a part of a lot of different groups, but more like surface level. And it was like hard for me to, to really connect. And, um, and I struggled with, you know, I, with my own battles as a teenager growing up, like we all do. And, um, so did my co-writer, Maria Girona. She's incredible. And, you know, we were at a San Francisco Giants baseball game back in 2019 when we could gather and we were talking about our 10 year reunions that were coming up and if we were going to go. And that's really what like spurred the song. Um, Cause we were talking about, you know, what, you know, what would you say to those people that were so mean to you in high school? <laughs> and, um, you know, I took a step back and I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think I would say anything because I think everybody is going through their own thing, you know, especially in high school. And it's like, you can't really like blame a person. I just hope that like, those people have like moved on and, and become just more aware and like maybe like better people um, and kinder because I mean, that's personally how I want to be to people. Like if, if there's anything written on my tombstone, it would be tap dancer. Just kidding. Um, it would be, <laughs> it would be like was kind to people. Like that's literally what I want people to, that's what I want to leave in the world and, um, you know, shine kind of does just that. And it's so relatable. And I just feel so lucky to have the support, um, that I've had for the music video, which, um, anybody who's listening, go watch that. Um, just Google Heather Yeoman's shine music video and it'll, it'll come up. Um, it's roughly inspired by the nineties rom-com never been kissed starring Drew Barrymore, because I have been told my entire life that I'm Lily Sobieski's doppelganger. It's true. So Lily actually saw the video on Instagram and she commented, it was like the best day of my life. It made my entire 2020 and, and life. Um, because I, I only second to your wedding day, only second to your wedding day. Oh, only second, only second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, babe. Um, (laughs) somebody's got to defend your husband. He's He's not even on the, on the song that we're talking about. I know. And then everything else is like, it's the greatest day of my life. So we, so we talk him up. He's not even on the song for the single. And then all of a sudden he, he doesn't even make the top two for best days of the year. Like, poor guy, man. No, I, I'm on your side. I know. Now. What's your husband's name? I love it. His name is John. John, I'm sticking up for you, man. Oh, somebody good. has to. He'll, he'll appreciate that. He will. He knows how much he's loved. Um, yeah. So Lily commented on that video. It was just a mind blowing moment for me. Cause it's like being like united with your like long lost sister because 
I've I've literally been watching our movies and I pause it and I'm like, damn, that's me on the screen. It's like especially like Joan of Arc too, like that era of of Lily. Um, so I recreated some of her outfits. Um, there are a bunch of clues I left in the video, so everybody should go watch the video and see if they if they love Never Been Kissed. See if you can find all the clues in it, especially if you're like a pop culture nerd like I am. Um, and I'm gonna put out a behind the scenes video too, so people can um, see what the clues were, and um, and see how we filmed this thing because it was it was really wild. I'm just so grateful. Like, there's more music coming in the future. I can't wait to release a music video um, recently. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for everybody who's supporting. Well, it, you know, the your episode aired on October 28th. So yeah. you sit there and, you know, one night in October, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, on a Wednesday, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, eight, eight o'clock in New York, five o'clock here. And then, you know, again, the replay here in California, uh, What's changed in that, you know, let's say five hour window, because, you know, from when it aired in New York to where the show ended mm-hmm. in California, um, you know, and then people got, got to watch it. And then after the DVR, uh, what changed for you in that regard? Like phone calls came in, opportunities have probably come in. Uh, what was like the the first opportunity and phone call that hit uh, soon after that episode aired? Oh, my gosh. So. So, yeah, all of those things happened. It was very overwhelming. Um, gosh, who was the first person that called me? Well, the first person when New York aired, I was with my husband and we had a moment. He was, he said he was really proud of me and, you know, he was with me during this journey. Like, you know, obviously, you know, he had the updates from when I was filming and he knew what I was, I was going through each day with this. He heard me practicing. So he was, he was there for me. I'm very proud. Um, uh, the person I was with when it aired was um, Angel, who plays the phlebotomist um, on the episode. We decided to do a screening together, um, which was it was really cool because we both went through the same journey, if you will, on the show. And to be able to share that with somebody who's who is having like a very similar experience next to me, um, it was really cool because um we relive what we were thinking in those moments too. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. And uh, my recommendation is don't go to your high school reunion. Just send a copy of the video. <laughs> my, well, uh, mine got postponed slash canceled because of COVID because I, I graduated in 2010. So we were supposed to meet up. I think it was June originally. Then they pushed it to August. Um, and then who knows when it's going to be now, I have no idea. And I, I don't know if I'll go. Um, I've talked to some of my friends since. I mean, the people that I, I really bonded with, I've kept in touch in some way because we, you know, social media is so great and, and I can find pretty much anybody, um, on social media if I, if I want to touch base and see how they're doing. But yeah, for, for, you know, I talked high school down a lot. High school was pretty cool though. I got to say there were some fun moments. Um, I was a theater kid in high school. I was also on the dance team. I tap dance a lot. I, I, I was an avid tap dancer then as well. Um, of course. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my journey because, you know, I've been, I've been in this for a minute and I've grown up in it. 
I've, I've literally gone from being 10 years old to being like married in 28, um, with a, with a career, um, like a whole other career that I built. Um, and you know, the internet is a lovely place where, um, anything that I created even back in 2006 is on the internet and I can't take it off, but you know, it's really beautiful to listen to the journey of, of where my voice has gone from the early two thousands to now. Um, cause some of my first recordings that I put out on soundtracks, like I was 13 years old, I was singing on movie soundtracks when I was 14. Um, like literally going to premieres, sitting in movie theaters and like listening to my voice as like the ending credit song. It was just out of this world. And like, when I listen to it now, I'm like, Ugh, like I can't, I can't listen to her, but I was a baby. I need to be nice to baby Heather. It's just, I'm, it's like girl versus woman essentially. So like so much has happened, like so much can happen in 15 years if you really stick with something. And I think that would be something I really want to drive home here to anybody who's listening or watching is that if you have a dream, just take steps forward every single day. And some days you're not going to feel motivated to do it. There's going to be moments that you feel like you can't get over the obstacle that you're struggling so much, but just take a breath. And even if it's doing one thing each day to get to where you want to go, I promise you that it's going to get you somewhere and just to stay positive. And that's like my whole vibe as an artist is I'm an eternal optimist. I'm generally a very positive person and that's what I like to put out into the world. So I hope that anybody who's watching like feels inspired to go after what they want right now. Even, even though we're dealing with COVID, just find a way to learn something new, find a way to just, just take a step forward, meet new people, get inspired. Um, social media is great for that. I really see social media as a vision board. So instead of like getting jealous when you see other people do cool things, you put it on your vision board. If it's something that you want to do. So it's just put it up there and get after it. Like you can do it. I dig it. Heather, with that, we can't top that, that last statement. So we're going to have <laughs> to let you go, but I am excited for you. Congratulations uh, on the series and every opportunity that you, you've gotten. Uh, real quick, t- tell us what Fender guitar we got to look for next this holiday season and where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Okay. So the Fender guitar line that I would point people to for the holidays is the American Professional 2 line because the campaign for it stars one of my favorite bass players of all time, Esty Heim. I love her. Um, I would definitely go check that out. They're incredible guitars and basses. And if you want to listen to some of my music, and I've been posting really fun tap tutorials online as well. Um, so calling all tappers, singers, music lovers, um, you can find me at Heather Yeomans. It's Y-O-U-M-A-N-S on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. It's at Heather Yeomans official. And then on YouTube, youtube.com slash Heather Yeomans. And then I also have a website. Uh, <laughs> I'm like losing air right now. I have a website. Um, it's, it's heatheryeomans.com. Well, I'm glad you kept them all consistent and easy to remember. So I'm thrilled with that. Heather Yeomans, congratulations to you. Fender employee, multiple cash streams, singer, songwriter, tap dancer, uh, engineer at this point, and has starred on the reality series, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I can see your voice airing Wednesday nights on Fox. Congratulations to you and everything that you've been doing. Uh, I'm really excited for you. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate this.